This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, with 2024 being a presidential election year here in the U.S., that means we will see a marked increase in political giving. But what impact does that have on charitable giving? Do you end up seeing a decline in one when the other goes up? Consequently, does a rise in charitable giving after an event, say like what we saw with the wildfires in Maui recently, mean a decline in political giving? Pinar Yildirim is an associate professor of marketing here at the Wharton School. She is part of new research into this area of giving, and she joins us right now. Pinar, great to have you back with us. Thanks for your time. Uh, Thank you for having me back, uh, Dan. Thank you very much. So let's start with kind of the backstory on this. What was it that, that drew you and your colleagues' interest to look at this component of charitable versus political giving? Um, yes, so we are getting ready for another intense year of political campaigning. And, and one of the things that we have, we have been observing in the past couple of years, past couple of elections, is this rise in, in of course, the, the expansiveness of the political campaigns. The 2020 presidential campaign has seen about $14 billion go into the campaign dollars. And this was, uh, this was a number that increased from the 2016 election. And if you look a little closely also, one of the things that you see as a potential pattern is the rise in small donations. Uh, the 2016 uh, election had about... 15% of the donations coming from small donors. And if you look at the 2020 election, we've seen that number go up to about 23%. So it is a sizable amount. And when you think about why donors give, especially when you look at the dollar amounts that they provide, $25, $50, it's still a puzzle, right? Because it's very yes. unlikely to be total in the, in the outcome of an election, but people want to give. So we wanted to understand really the motivations to give to politics. And so what were you able to find out? Yeah, so one of the things we did was to try to understand or try to put political giving in perspective to charitable giving, because we know a lot more about charitable giving. We know that people give because they want to feel good about themselves. We know that people give because they want to help um, victims of a disaster or, or people who are facing hardship. But Political donations that could be, you know, that could be done for instrumental motivations of trying to change an outcome. At the same time, it could be done for similar motivations to to um, uh, to charitable giving. So we decided to to look at events that might change giving to to charity, giving to uh, disaster victims, looking at American Red Cross data, and then at the same time looking at how the political donations respond controlling for things like budgets or, or other factors, like um, financial um, being impacted financially that might uh, influence people's tendons that they give. And our results suggested that, um, as you see, for example, look at, looking at American Red Cross data, after foreign natural disasters in the six-week period that follows this disaster, the American Red Cross uh, donations increased by about 35%, and at the same time, political donations in the United States go down by about 19%. So right. that sort of implies a, a crowding out, again, controlling for factors like budget and, and other things. That implies um, if you increase disaster relief donations by $1, you will suffer or you will lose about $0.42 cents, um, in political giving. So um, it's not a small amount. It's essentially a sizable loss <laughs> in terms of politics. Yeah. 
and we wanted to do a little more with this. We then looked at the, the question thinking about, okay, can we identify some events that are almost like what we call um, natural experiments that increase giving to politics that might influence charitable giving? We then uh, took advantage of uh, the border discontinuities in, in advertising markets. One of the, the facts about advertising markets in the United States is that uh, the amount of ads or amount of spending that you put in is pretty much determined by the geographies that are determined by Nelson, the company, and they are designated market areas. So if you're living on one side of the boundary, you might be exposed to a, a different amount, different style of political advertisement compared to living for, with someone else who's living on the other side of the boundary. So we took advantage of these boundaries to compare otherwise similar families and found that um, there's a, a similar sort of crowding out that happens when we have more political advertising. About uh, If you increase political ad spending by 10, uh, 10 times, let's say, um, in an area, that results in about 20% increase in political giving and a, about a 14% decline. In, in charitable donations, but the dollar implied ratio is, is similar to what I mentioned before. That implies that if you increase political donations by $1, you see about a 33% decline in the charitable donations, so it's still a sizable effect. So it, it and, sounds like mm -hmm. there is a component to this where budgeting does come into play when people think about what they are maybe going to give to a charitable organization over the course of a year or a one-time donation, whatever it is. Uh, and even if they, you know, factor in political donations, there's kind of a set amount that maybe a lot of these people believe they need to give and they don't necessarily come off of it. They do uh, give more to one at the, at the, at the expense of the other. Yeah. So it could be that, for example, people have set budgets and if they start giving to one thing, they decline their, their spending on other items. So in order right. to test for this, we looked at other forms of spending, grocery spending, spending on retail, spending on things like lottery tickets, and we don't see the same effect. So it doesn't seem like people have a set budget for everything they spend, and, and because you increase one form of spending, you're declining the other one. But the fact that we are seeing this particular substitution for poli political and charitable donations, or, or uh, specifically for donations, might mean that maybe people have a mental budget in their mind for giving. And when they, when they increase giving to one form of donations, they decline it in another form. So that might suggest to us that people see um, giving to politics varies in, in ways that are very similar to charitable giving. That is, you know, I feel like maybe I'm doing something for the society, for people, by yeah. supporting a politician, engaging in my civic duty. Or uh, another motivation, of course, that drives charitable donations always is the fact is what we refer to as warm glow. I give, and therefore I feel good about myself. I feel like I've done the right thing. The same impure altruism motivations might also be an explanation here that drives political giving and therefore becomes a substitute to charitable donations. So then could you also say that the, the mindset of the individual, not a, even just the budget, but the mindset of the individual plays a role in this as well? Absolutely. So it, it could very well be your psychology. Right? It's better we feel good about it, whether we want to somehow help or we think uh, one way of helping others is through electing or supporting the right politicians into the office by somehow engaging in one form of civic duty 
and um, therefore making the world a better place or maybe setting the right policies and, and helping people who are in suffering through uh, those political choices. So it seems like this is really about um, how people view political donations and it, it doesn't necessarily suggest that people give because they have motivations that are just about themselves. It seems like they might be giving because they want to do something for others as well. We're joined by Pinar Yildirim, who is Associate Professor of Marketing here at the Wharton School. As I was getting ready to, to talk to you, one of the things that, that crossed my mind, I'll ask it of you now, is so if you're going into a year where you have a presidential election here in the United States, and you're a charitable organization, should you almost have the, the immediate mindset that there are probably, it's going to be a more challenging year to begin with because you have to factor in the expectation that potentially a lot of the people that you would normally expect to give to your charity would be giving to a political candidate as well. Absolutely. So this is one of the, the conclusions, or at least one of the insights that we try to draw in our paper in a very tense political election year, it might be difficult for disaster victims to, to receive donations simply because the dollars are going to politics. And if in the minds of people, giving to politics is similar to giving to charity, that's going to, to result in potentially some suffering uh, for nonprofit organizations as well as, as victims of different, uh, different uh, diseases or, or events. And the vice versa is also true. So in, in times when there are big events where people want to prioritize giving to charity and start donating uh, to charity, because, again, they see these two types of giving related or substitutes to each other, uh, imperfect substitutes, but nevertheless substitutes, that might imply that dollars going to politics might decline. And we want to know, of course, if, if there are fewer dollars in politics that actually does any good or any harm. That's one of the concerns yeah. because, uh, as you know, dollars given to politics can change who gets elected, especially when you think about whether an incumbent or a, or a, uh, a challenger has any chances of winning. So from that perspective, it's important to think about this question again, um, whether we can raise enough dollars for politics in a year where we have seen a lot of uh, disastrous natural uh, events. Does the component of uh, of where the disaster occurs, and I guess we've been talking about this in the scope of, you know, how we would see this here in the U.S. If, say, as I mentioned, the Maui wildfires or or some other event here in the uh, in the continental forty eight U.S. states, uh, does it differ when you're potentially talking about something that is a a natural disaster that occurs in another country? So one of the reasons why we decided to focus on disasters that happen outside of the United States is because when these disasters happen, they receive plenty of TV coverage. They act as reminders of giving to people, but they don't necessarily influence the financial giving ability of the individuals in the United States. If we are talking about a local event or an event that might be nearby or an event that where some of my family members live, because I have to, to somehow allocate some of my dollars giving to, to those events or recovery efforts, um, that might already be impacting my ability to, do, to donate to politics. That was the main reason for us to, to focus on for natural disasters. But, of course, if um, any event that's happening domestically, which receives even more attention and does, still doesn't impact people's financial means of giving to, to charity, 
uh, might have even more drastic effects compared to foreign events that are happening because, you know, an event that happens in another part of the world might receive some attention, may not receive all the attention or all the dollars. So, um, yes, uh, in some ways it matters. It, it factors into the numbers that we are talking about, and I would suspect that a domestic donation might have even more um, drastic negative outcomes for the dollars that are going into politics. What, what do you think this tells us about giving larger scale? So I think it tells us two things. One, we have questioned why people are even bothering to give to politics for a long period of time. This is a very United States phenomenon. Of course, um, similar political donations are inexistent in other countries. So it has remained an understudied uh, area, and we, have, we wondered it. But it tells us that the way that we think about the world or the way that we think about helping others um, is not just true or private means of giving through nonprofit organizations. Maybe we think of helping others also through setting the right policies, electing the right people in the office, of course, according to our um, values or set of values. And yeah. it also tells us something about how... Um, uh, you know, when we are thinking about maybe increasing donations in, in the United States overall, we should think about the effects of policies that are put in place that impact one form of donation, because clearly if people are thinking of different forms as substitutes, it's going to impact another. And, and one example I can give is tax, tax numbers, right? Charitable donations right. are taxed, and over time different tax uh, rates were applied. If you're applying um, tax uh, benefits to charitable giving, that might influence giving to politics. And so we need to be careful. We need to first, of course, understand people's motivations and, and psychology. But on top of that, we need to be careful when we're setting regulations or, or thinking about events like Citizens United that impact one form of giving. It might have implications for a broader set of events and therefore a much larger um, subset of the population. Pinar, great to talk to you again. Thanks very much. All the best. Thank you for having me. You got a Pinar Yildirim, Associate Professor of Marketing here at the Wharton School. To explore more content from the Wharton School, visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.